Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puppy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme music for Fresh is the Word. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can always go to freshisthepodcast.com and just share any of the links for any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh is the Word pretty much anywhere that podcasts are streamed. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much everywhere. And please, rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It would definitely help out the show. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me by email at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfresh is the word and on facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh and you can also follow fresh is the word on twitter at fresh is the word and that's is with iz instagram at fresh is the word podcast and facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast and this is episode 159 the guest for this episode is nikki misery guitarist for the metal band new year's day who dropped their latest album unbreakable earlier this year New Year's Day is currently on their own headline tour, 
and we'll be on select dates of the upcoming Godsmack tour in the U.S. in July and Hailstorm's European tour in November. During our interview, we talked about the making of the new album, the theatrics of the band, their connection to their fans, his upbringing in music, how he met lead singer Ash Costello and joining New Year's Day, the lessons he's learned being in the band, and much, much more. Before we get into this interview with Nikki Misery, definitely want to remind you how you can support Fresh is the Word. You can go to patreon.com slash fresh is the word, and as as little as a dollar per month, you can contribute to the work of me, K-Fresh, and Fresh is the Word. And also, for $3 a month, you'll have access to the Patreon-only exclusive podcast episodes where I dig deep into my audio archives of interviews that I did outside the podcast from the past decade or so and bring those to, uh, you know, bring those to life again. Uh, usually there were interviews I did for articles that i written, and some I didn't even use at all. I already have interviews up with Danny Brown, Cool Keith, 12th Planet, and Jay Dilla's mom, Ma Dukes. So go to patreon.com slash fresh is the word and sign up for one of the tiers. Uh, some of the upper tiers, you can actually be a part of the podcast. So once again, go to patreon.com slash fresh of the word. All right, let's get on to the interview with Nikki Misery of the band New Year's Day. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to do this interview with me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime anybody wants to talk to me, I'm down. Cool. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I've long been uh, a uh, fan of New Year's Day. Uh, the new album is really, really good. I really enjoyed it. You know, what was sort of like the mood of the band going into making this new album? The mood of the band was was uh, was very positive. Like, Newsday hasn't been on such, like, I guess, a high or, or like such a, a good point, like, internally and externally. And uh, unlike Malevolence, which came from such like a dark, 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 just awful point of our lives, like, this album was like a lot more fun, you know, like all the songs. We have, we have, like, our little, like, darkness in the songs and our little angst, but, like, oh, man, like, it, it, it was, honestly, like, writing this album was, was a lot more like a party than it was, like, like a therapy session. Oh, nice. What do you attribute to sort of having, like, a better mood these days within the band? Uh, just, like, just everybody internally, like, are the, the spots we're in mentally, like, we've been through so much together in this band, and... Pretty much like like coming out with like even like the name of the song of the album Unbreakable like we couldn't have felt better and I think it just really shows and we got actually got to spend a lot more time with with the songs and the album and really like fell in love with what we were doing and because uh, just able to take our time and like uh, it just didn't feel rushed it didn't feel like like a job it didn't feel like someone was attacking you our team was completely supportive the whole time like it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years since uh, Malevolence came out, and yeah. you, you're talking about this, uh, you know, this sort of freedom create um, creatively. You know what? Uh, you know, personally for you, you know, what did that you know freedom mean to you when making this album? Uh, oh, well, what freedom means is, I guess I don't know how to how to answer that. But the best way I could I could describe it is like when you hear songs like like Shut Up 
and um, and even like like Nocturnal, like they don't seem like it's from the same band. And like it was really fun just to take like these other uh, just other musical genres and stuff that we really like at the same time. Because I mean, of course, we don't listen to just like rock and metal twenty four seven. Like it was really cool just to take our time and have this freedom to to just be inspired by other genres and mix it into like our style. So it's like eating this this buffet and just vomiting out awesomeness. Yeah, that was what was really cool about uh, Unbreakable. It was that there was these uh, hints of other genres, like there were some like electronic uh, elements to it, uh, sometimes a little bit more programmed, and it sounded really cool. You know, what was uh, you know what was the atmosphere like when you were guys were just experimenting with stuff? You know, what you know, what was like sort of the feeling when you were just like, hey, screw it, let's just try some new stuff. It was actually super fun. Like, of course, I always I always say this about writing an album. Like, if you're not, like, pulling your hair out and wanting to kill your friend, are you really writing an album? <laughs> and, of course, you have those moments. But, like, this one was, was a lot more fun. Like, even, like, like, Shut Up was done in, like, 20 minutes. You know, that song just, like, came out, and it was so cool. And, like, other songs, obviously, like, like they took longer. But, like, it, it was, I don't know. It was, like, it was, like, Christmas morning, it's like playing with all these new toys, but it's like sonically just different, you know, and it was just fun to just to dig into that. When you kind of look back during uh, your time with the band, you know, like you said, there was so much shit that went on, you know, during the pre- before the previous album, and it's kind of leveled off and you have, you know, sort of a breath of fresh air working on this new album, you know... Wh- how did, how did you grow as a person during the time with this album? I mean, with this band? So much. Especially with this band, like everything I've learned, everything I've experienced, like just the people I've met, the things I've seen, the places I've been. You know, like it really like, it humbles you in a sense. It brings you back down. I mean, you know, every now and then, get a big head, start thinking you can conquer the world. Nothing could kill you. We are unbreakable. This band especially has, has gotten away, especially with like Ash and, and Frankie, like all these people are just like the raddest people to be around. And um, it's like a family away from a family in a sense. And uh, just growing with, with like your best friends and uh, it's, almost, it's almost indescribable. Yeah. I'm like 6'2 now, so I'm, I'm definitely growing. <laughs> You'll be seven foot soon. Yeah, right? <laughs> One more album, I'll be seven foot, and then I'll be a basketball player. <laughs> you know, over the years, this band has grown so much in a ways where they have a special connection with uh, with your audience, with the fans, and Ash d- definitely has a special connection with her her fans. You know, from your own perspective, you know, what does all of that look like, you know, when you see your fans, you know, Telling, telling you guys what they mean, what the music means, what the band means to them. It's a very surreal feeling, you know. It, it's crazy because, like, when you first get into music, it's it's about like the rebellion and like this angst. But then seeing that, seeing this, and and hearing, you know, people come up and, and tell you that, and like, you know, how, how much your song means to them, you realize like that's what it's really about, and that's why I'm I'm really here, and that's why I'm I'm here on the stage, you know like bleeding on the stage for, for you guys to, uh, to relate. And, uh, I don't know, man, like it's, it's one of the raddest things to hear that and to see that, 
and especially like especially when you look out in the crowd and you see all these these kids like you know pretty much looking like ash or like wearing something that that you would wear and like i don't know it's it's very surreal it's very surreal and it's it's super rad and like i starting to believe like that's what the dream is really all about and uh you know like i don't care about making all this money i don't care about being a big rock star like just seeing that is is success to me and i know i've done something good and when you're a part of a band that has that that sort of effect on its audience you know it can be a lot of work for the band to you know stay connected to their to their fan base you know how do you sort of you know decompress and you know keep the you know the engine firing how do you keep the passion alive when you're in a band that you know it might take a lot of work to uh not only make music perform music but also to stay connected to your uh to your fan base that's that's actually pretty perfect because like we we have these moments you know because it is a lot of work and at times it is a lot of stress and like you know you want to just say, like, fuck it and quit everything. But then again, like, you have, like, then you, you start a tour, you have that first show, and you're looking at each other on stage, and you're like, fuck, this is awesome. This is what it's about. Um, but as for, like, how do I decompress, I don't think I ever actually decompress. So I just keep going <laughs> to the next phase. It's really, like, there's no rest for the wicked. And uh, it's just a constant, constant moving. You just either, like, adapt or, or you fall off. But then again, if you fall off, we're always here to help each other back up. How do you try to stay healthy when you're on tour? Uh, so we we actually, like, we do our best to, like, work out in the morning, you know. Can we take our vitamins, you know. Rather than going to the grocery store and buying a bunch of beer, we're buying vitamins now. So either we're, we're getting old or we're getting smart. Oh, it's so rock and roll. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I think it was funny the other the other day we were out and I think I bought a bottle of vodka and some vitamin C and zinc that was like my uh, my purchases you know I'm trying to stay trying to stay youthful as long as possible. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. When you're yeah, that's yeah when you're on uh, when you're doing these shows when you're on stage you know you're seeing all these these kids. They're, you know, they're just like you. They're just like Ash. You know, what's kind of going through your head? You know, what do you hope, like, those kids get out of, you know, a New Year's Day performance? Um, sure, I don't know. I, I never really thought of it like that. Because um, I know, like, like when, when I go on stage, like, this is, like, in a sense, like, my therapy. Maybe I just want them to just see a kick-ass rock show, you know, like... The way I always see things, like, I'm just this kid from Santa Ana, California, you know, but, like, here I am on stage, like, there's no difference between me and you in the audience, you know? There's no reason why you can't be up here doing this. You just got to do it. And uh, if, if they take anything away from, from the show, I don't know. I, guess, that's, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to think. What sort of a kid were you, and when did you sort of get the the music bug? Um, I remember it was, uh, they had the Faith No More video for Epic show up on MTV, and I was like, what is this? I remember it was yes. so weird and so cool. Like, 
it was it was it was gnarly. I remember like just constantly being obsessed with it. And then I saw a rancid video for nihilism, and I was like, these are these dudes look insane. I want to be this. And then I just started getting more and more into punk rock. And I was a I was a wild bad kid when I was younger. Um, but I was kind of glad like I got into all that trouble. Like I, I was constantly in and out of trouble when growing up, and. Uh, I'm glad I got that out the way in my teens rather than now. But, uh, yeah, I've constantly always been around music and that kind of uh, angsty rebellion. And even when I'm 40, I'm probably going to be uh, an angsty teenager still, which I don't know how that technically works, but somehow I'm going to make it happen. Hey, always but stay I've, young. I've always, yeah, I've always just, I don't know, like, like that punk rock attitude and that constant rebellion and, and the soundtrack to rebellion has always been rock and roll in my heart. And, uh, to there, there's no other way. I think I was just born with it. And the music videos is the one that brought it to light. What was your sort of like first step into the music industry? Uh, actually probably joining new year's day. Uh, they were already, they were already established after my dear. And when I joined, they were getting more into like the dark, this dark look and, and very theatrical. And, uh, you know, I was all, I'm all obviously all about that. So that started to be like my first real steps. I remember, uh, I was just working like a dead end job. Actually, to be honest, I was working at a cheesecake factory down in, in Irvine and kind of just like wasting my life away. And I was like, yeah, I gotta do something. I remember, uh, from then, like I moved to LA, I went to MI. And so that started to begin like my real steps. And then once I joined New Year's Day, I really started to get a taste of the industry. What was sort of the process in you, uh, joining New Year's Day? You know, why did, why did they hire you? Um, I met Ash at this, at the shitty golf club in, in LA. <laughs> and, uh, I was, I was dragged there by this band I was in before. And she was dragged there because it was like, I guess this, this label party thing. And, um, and we both, yeah, we both in rebellion, like she dressed in all white to go to this golf club. And I dressed like this 1970s Pee Wee Herman nerd. Like I parted my hair. Like I had like that flat, <laughs> flat, greasy hair, these, these giant, like dirty glasses, this ruffled up shirt. And she, I remember she came up to me going, uh, saying like, you look like someone I need to know. And like, we hit it off from there. And they used to come, we used to watch each other playing. Cause once we found out about each other's bands, we went to check it out and they fell in love with my explosive energy on stage. And, uh, <laughs> when their guitar player left, I was the first one they asked him. And I've been here ever since. What was it like joining New Year's Day during a time when they were also on the come up and sort of in a transitional period also? It was awesome, uh, especially with the band I was in before. I mean, it wasn't like, like a real band. Like, we weren't really doing anything. But uh, it was cool to see, like, this this engine running. And uh, it just seemed like like I just skipped a whole bunch of steps because, like, all of a sudden I was playing these sold-out shows on these insane tours. And uh, it was like, it's like you, when you, it's pretty much just, you hit the floor running and I haven't stopped running since. My legs aren't even tired, so I'm ready for more. <laughs> yeah, during this journey with New Year's Day, you know, what was, what's something that you've learned about yourself? The, uh, there ain't nothing that I can't do. 
you know, I'm still here. I'm still going. Uh, every day in this band and, and being able to do what I do is, is more than I've ever dreamed of uh, growing up. And uh, I learned that there's nothing that can stop you. As long as your, your heart's there, you're, you're willing to work, ain't nothing going to stop you. If anybody listening to this podcast, doesn't matter what avenue of artistry that they're into, you know, if there was sort of a lesson from your life that anybody could project into their own life, you know, what, what would that be? Just, uh, <laughs> I just never make love with your eyes open, you know? <laughs> Buy American. Oh, John Deere for president. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's all I can think of. <laughs> I love your sense of humor. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, swear, I swear I'm serious at times, but I'm not always. No, but, um, but, shit, I, I already lost the question. What was the question again? What's, you know, what's something that anybody listening to this interview, like a lesson that you've learned that could be transferable to anybody. It doesn't matter what sort of job or industry that they're in. Oh, yeah, pretty much like, like the same thing I just said before. Like, honestly, there's nothing that could stop you from doing what you want to do and achieving your dreams. Like, there's nothing that can stop you. Like, I look at my life and I look at the things I've been through and the fact that I'm still here, still going, like... The only wall you have in front of you is yourself, and you're the only person that's going to hold yourself back. So once you stop holding yourself back, man, there's a wide world out there that's ready for you. No one's going to make the history for you. you got to do it yourself. Going back to like what I said, that you have a great sense of humor, how important is it to have a sense of humor in the music industry to you know, take things seriously but then also not take everything seriously? Um, I don't know if, like, uh, if humor is, is just a thing. I mean, that's just me. But, I mean, at the same time, like, you always, you always, I don't know, just have a personality, have, like, some life to you. You know, like, whenever you think of these, these larger-than-life beings, you know, like if, like, if you would think of, like, David Bowie, I'm sure, like, like, talking to him, I'm sure he's got such an insane personality, whether it's humor or just, like, how in-depth he could be, like, I've always just personally, I've always wanted to be someone you don't forget. And that's just my main thing. How important is that in, in music to be a person that someone doesn't forget? Like, and if, if, like, if somebody who's just starting out in music, you know, uh, would, you know, was listening to this, you know, how important is it to be un, you know, unforgettable? It's very important. It's like, cause this is what we do, you know, like, yeah. and especially like, like for us, like if you're playing on a stage for 30 minutes, you have, well, it's like you're, you got to fight for these people's attention and you want to be remembered. So they keep coming back for you. And that's like, I don't know, that's, that's the thing, especially like, like you can write all these great songs, but if you're like this dull, lifeless thing, it's like, who's going to want to take you on tour? Who's going to want to sponsor you and, and, have you play their instruments like you want you want to you want to be an entity you know you especially in the entertainment industry you don't want to be forgotten when you guys have been on uh, on all these tours with a wide array of bands you know what's you know what's your guys's goal you kind of mentioned it now you know when you're 
on these support tours with, um, you know, with, with, with these wider range of bands, you know, what are you guys looking to accomplish? Um, to be honest, like personally, cause I can only answer this for me. It's like the only thing I want to accomplish is just give a kick ass rock and roll show. Like I'm only up there for 30 minutes. Like the fact that I get to do this is already a dream as it is. Like I've already, you know, like I, I hate asking for more, but like the only thing I want is just to give that 30 minutes on stage and get your attention and just make a new fan or, or see your head bang or see you sing the words like, that's 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 all I care about because that's what it comes down to is that rock and roll show that thirty minutes on stage. Yeah, you can listen to the album all you want, but we, I want to give you a reason to come back and see the devil in the flesh. <laughs> nice, definitely, definitely. When it's all said and done, you know, what do you hope? You know, people look back and see. You know, think of New Year's Day, and what do you hope? You know, your contribu- contribution to this is. Um, yeah, I never really think of that, to be honest. I don't think about looking back when, in the end, if anything, I don't know, just like the same thing, I guess, just, that was one kick-ass rock show. That's, that's all I really care about, you know, just play good tunes and, uh, live a good-looking corpse. (laughs) Nice. And how much, you know, how much fun do you have with the theatrics of it all? I, uh, I mean, of course I have so much fun doing that because that, that's my life. And I just don't know another way to play if I'm not a, just exploding firecracker up there. Like, I, I pretty much, like, I consider myself, like, I come alive on that stage and I die on that stage. And then when I'm off, it's like, there you go, I'm a brand new me. I just don't know another way to be. Yeah, there's a definite look with the band, you know, how do you sort of, uh, how does everybody sort of keep that coordinated and into a sort of a theme, but while being unique, uh, while each um, member is still unique in their own way? Um, you know, like, like style, style and like, you know, I hate to say like style and pizzazz has always gone hand in hand with, with rock and roll, you know, like you look at like, you know, these rock stars and, and these entertainers, as like a, you know, a fashion entity, and like whether like people want to admit it or not, like I, I don't, I never wanted to go up and and see like bands look like they just rolled out of bed and put on their pajamas. I wanted to see you know David Bowie looking like like an alien, or you got Marilyn Manson and and all the uh, prosthetics and stuff like that. Like it's it's in, it's almost as important as the music because like that's what you're going to see and. Uh, how to keep it up. I don't, I never know how to keep it up. We just always been, been blessed with, uh, I guess a taste for taste for style. <laughs> nice. Nice. I always like to, I always like to ask this question to kind of, um, close out the interviews. And if you don't have an answer, that's cool. But who is somebody that, that you know, or are aware of that, I could realistically interview for this podcast a recommendation of someone who would have some good stories or lessons to talk about. Um, probably Joe Letts. Joe Letts used to jump for Combi Christ 
he he would have some great stories. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, that guy. That guy is just that guy's a personality as it is. He's one of my favorite people in the world, and uh, I could sit down and listen to him talk all day. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right, man. It's been great talking with you. Where can people go online to get more information about New Year's Day, the new album Unbreakable, and anything else you guys are doing? Yeah, you can check us out on, on all the social networks. Uh, New Year's Day, which is uh, NYD Rock, or you can find us on our our uh, on our personals under at Ash Costello, at Nikki Misery, at Frankie Sill, and uh, on iTunes New Year's Day, on the Spotify's New Year's Day, all the things New Year's Day or NYD Rock. Once again, thanks for taking the time out to uh, chat with me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. All right, you have a good day. All right, that was my interview with Nikki Misery, guitarist of the metal band New Year's Day. Go cop their newest album, Unbreakable. It's out everywhere. There's more information about where you can follow Nikki Misery and New Year's Day in the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com. All right, thank you for listening once again. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.